Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. Two words to me in three years of Bret Hart Welcome back to Hanksy Panksy, a podcast where two dumb idiot best friends fill themselves mind, body, and soul with 128 whimsical Disney full minutes of a fabulously <laughs> wealthy carousel-loving Tom Hanks. I'm Sam Siegel, and I'm one of those dumb idiots. And I'm your happy-go-lucky driver, Paul Giamatti. I mean, uh, Luke Patrick. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Luke Patrick. <laughs> and Luke, this week we watched 2013's Saving Mr. Banks. Mm-hmm. Straight off the mouse hose, this one was oh, available yeah. through Disney, given that it does star Walt Disney. It would have been insane if it wasn't available. Yes, yes. Uh, and I've got some thoughts about that. But first, Luke, I need to know, how was your watch? So I'll admit, my watch started a little rough. So I finished up mm-hmm. work, and the runtime on this puppy is two hours and eight minutes, as you alluded to in the beginning. And yes. I was not prepared, nor very willing, to dive mm-hmm. into that. Um, yeah. But, you know, again, trying to stick to the ritual, Sam, I made some popcorn. I got an Arizona green tea, or sorry, a branded green tea drink. Uh, yeah, they don't pay us. Yeah, they don't pay us money. Come on, Arizona. If you want, If you want the name drop... You gotta give us a little bit of a little bit of scratch, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, we don't do this shit for free. Nah, man. So anyway, sat down and uh, lo and behold, as the movie you know sort of wandered its way down the road, I actually kind of started to get into it. So mm-hmm. this one was not terrible. Actually, two hours and eight minutes went by pretty quick. The story was fairly engaging. Uh, you know, all things considered, it was a pretty good watch. I have to say. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. How was your watch, buddy? You know, my watch was, uh, it was pretty good. Actually, no. Uh, let me correct that. Uh, I didn't want to watch it. <laughs> I didn't, uh, at, at all. Yeah. So, uh, last night, uh, let's see, we had dinner, and then Kenna was really tired, so she went to bed, and it was about 7 o'clock, and I was like, you mm. know, I could watch this puppy. But I really, really don't want to. Yeah, on a, so on a I, Friday night, sort of by yourself, you got all mm-hmm. that time to yourself. Exactly, uh, and that's that's prime gooner baiting time. So, <laughs> so I wasn't gonna get into that. Uh, so I've I've fully gooner baited until one this morning. Nice. Yes, and uh, 
you know, it was what it was. And then, uh, and then I woke up this morning and I still really didn't want to watch the movie, Luke, mm, but yeah. I am a goddamn professional. Mm-hmm. And so I put on my MeUndies pajamas mm. and I Hey, went. they don't pay us either, my friend. They, they don't do pay not. us either. So, uh, sorry, I put on my branded micromodal <laughs> me on uh, shit my mi- branded micromodal pajamas and i ate my branded cinnamon flavored uh whole wheat cereal mm-hmm. of choice and i watched the fucking movie mm, yes you'd love to hear this amount of vitriol going into mm-hmm. a watch that's really yeah. what you want yeah yeah and uh i won't lie it got it got a little rough there. Mm. At the yeah. beginning or in the middle or like through the whole the whole damn thing. Uh, I'll I'll save that. Uh Okay. I'll, I'll save some of those uh choice choice nugs. Okay. <laughs> uh for for the review section. Sure. Uh but I will say otherwise it was a fairly standard watch. Yeah. Nothing, um, nothing crazy this week on my end either. I think this no. one was a right down the middle of the road sort of experience. Yes. Uh, uh, so, uh, how about we just get right into the plot? Okay. This one is so formulaic, I have to give you Luke Patrick's 3X structure or your money back guarantee. Uh, Excellent. This one is a Disney movie down to the T. We get the major dramatic question, the thing that's going to be resolved by the end of the movie like right at 10 minutes there's a clearly defined three act structure you know exactly when act two is going to turn into act three i mean it's just Mm -hmm. fucking textbook thank you disney oh my god so with that in mind act one we are introduced to uh i'm gonna get all the names wrong just other than disney just so that's that's known um we are introduced to mrs travers Mm-hmm. who is the author of Mary Poppins and is has been wooed for the last 20 years by Disney, literally Walt Disney himself, mm-hmm. uh, to try to create a Mary Poppins movie. So she goes out to California in Act 1, and they begin the process of sort of introducing her to the casting, not the casting crew, the uh, the you know creative team that's going to be putting this puppy together. She is irascible. She's mean. Uh, she's stubborn, so they have no progress in the beginning in Act 1. We're intercutting all of this with flashbacks to her childhood in Australia as well, so yeah. we'll talk about that more, uh, in which she is living with her alcoholic dad and her struggling mother and her two sisters, I think? Yeah, um, that, that seemed to be. Yeah. So it's kind of Act 1. We've set up the pieces. Act 2 is we get a little bit more of her dad's struggle with alcoholism as he works at a bank in Australia. It does not go well. Her dad becomes very sick. In the modern front, uh, we are slowly approaching some kind of like accord where at the beginning she's extremely not into anything that they're putting down for this movie. She has not signed over the rights. And mm-hmm. slowly they begin to find some common ground amongst the songs. There's a lot of singing. There's a lot of dancing. There's a lot of her, again, kind of being a dick yeah. to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we're going to swing right into Act 3 with, you guessed it, some kind of major conflict that makes her go home to England. And that is penguins. Penguins. She hates animated penguins. So, or anything animated. So when they suggest that the penguins in the movie are going to be animated, 
She packs up her shit and goes home. Starting Act 3, when Walt Disney goes to London to find her and then tells her a real sad story about his own childhood, and then I guess guess they bond? Um, And then eventually she does decide, you know what, fine, fuck it. I trust Mr. Disney with my movie. She signs over the rights. She goes to the premiere. She's weeping during the movie uh, because ostensibly she enjoys it. We do find out that her dad died uh, because of his alcoholism. So, uh-huh. I mean, presumably making her aunt show up as sort of a Mary Poppins type figure, revealing the source of you know the Mary Poppins inspiration. And uh, that's how we resolve the movie is that she kind of learns to forgive herself for her dad passing and for i guess what she felt like was not being the best of a best of daughters um yeah that's kind of it again it's pretty formulaic it fits neatly mm-hmm. into three acts boom Big there Mac you go boom. Mm-hmm. so luke what do you think so at the beginning i hated it okay. i i very much hated this movie because yeah the woman Mrs. Travers is an asshole. Boy, isn't she just a grade A dickhole? Mm-hmm. Like she's on a plane trying to slam jam her luggage into the the thing in the you know over the seats. The um, overhead bin. The overhead bin. Thank you. I can English. <laughs> um, and like the the flight attendant comes up to her and is like, "Hey, do you want me to take that?" And she's like, "Fuck off! I will do this. These other people have taken up so much room." precisely and then and then a woman with a child is like no you can you can move my bag that's fine mm-hmm. and then uh and then uh mrs travers turns to that lady and goes will that child be a nuisance mm-hmm. that's exactly when i decided that i hated this woman a hundred percent yeah she, she's like a like an extreme stereotype of an english person and that she has to have everything so precise and so neat and down to the last T on etiquette. Um, yes. It's like yes. she's it's like yes. she's from the fucking moon. Yeah. Jesus Christ. She just like can't fucking like get other people. It's truly fucking bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like another thing that struck me and when I wrote down that she seems like she's from the fucking moon is that she shows up in Hollywood driven by Paul Giamatti. Uh, Paul Giamatti, everybody. Yes, <laughs> a happy-go-lucky L.A. driver. Um, anyway, she shows up at her hotel room, and it's just like taint to tip, just covered in Disney merchandise. And she yes. is apoplectic at this. Specifically about the pears. Mm, yeah. 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 Because mm-hmm. uh, there was a fruit basket, and she was like, absolutely no pears, and threw them out her window. Yes. You know, then, like a normal person. Yeah, you know, like everyone does when they arrive in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then everything else she stuffs into the closet, and it's like, fuck you, Walt Disney. <laughs> Man who wants to pay me gobs of money and is wooing me. It's like she just, she doesn't get the concept of anything, like them trying to schmooze her. Is, right. is such a foreign concept to her. Oh, my yeah, God. And, she, and she's like, no, I don't want a tour of the studio. I just want to do this so that I can basically tell everyone no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's piss poor performance as far as human beingness goes. Yeah. Um, but all of that aside, Sam, what did you... Sorry. 
Let me finish my review, actually, really quick, if you don't mind. <laughs> we got a little <laughs> off track, but it's understandable. Yeah. So all of that being understood, Sam, I kind of liked this movie by the end of it. Okay. Yeah. Now, this is something, because, Luke, I'm going to interrupt your review mm-hmm. with my review. Okay, please do. Which, which is, I was determined not to like this movie. Mm. I I wanted so badly to hate this film, uh, partially because I don't like Disney, also yes. because I didn't want to watch it this morning, and also because after I read the description of the movie on Disney Plus, I realized it was such a self suck of a movie. Oh, we was, gotta let's talk about that more here in a second, but yeah, yeah, for sure. That I was like, fuck you, Disney. Like, don't make me watch you blow yourself for two and hours and eight fucking minutes. Uh, and same thing. I uh, Emma Thompson does a great job playing a, an irredeemable sack of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, just mean to everyone, yells at a woman for bringing her cake. Mm-hmm. Uh, just very, like, that classic, like, mean to wait staff kind of attitude. Oh, yeah. Just turned me off uh and then Mm -hmm. for for 30 to 40 minutes i hated this movie and then i i think you and i turned possibly around the same time Mm, yeah quite possibly when when was it for you what was it specifically that started to turn your head just a little bit on this one is it's the kite song yes Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Holy shit. She starts (laughs) tapping her feet to the kite song, and I was like, okay. And then she starts singing and dancing, and I was like, fuck yes. And I turned around so quickly that I even wrote down in my fucking notebook, god damn it, the movie got me. Mm -hmm. It's a great scene. They're singing the end song to Mary Poppins, uh, which, again, super nice that you already have all the rights to this stuff, eh, Disney? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but they're singing the end kite song, the Let's Go Fly a Kite song. And uh, it's a great-ass scene of everybody getting into it. We're starting to see her appreciate the process. Yep. Oh, man, yep. I'm right there with you. It did get me. It got me real good. And then the rest of the movie was easy, breezy, beautiful, branded makeup company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's a smooth swallow of a movie um, from that point forward. I will say that every time we went to a flashback, I liked the flashback sequences. I liked Uh the story of her kind of terrible childhood. Um, Yeah. But everything that happens to her as a child is so horrible that anytime we flash back to Australia, I was bracing myself on the sofa for whatever the fuck was going to happen. It's some rough, dark stuff and mm-hmm. does sort of explain why she's such a fucking prick to everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, whew. Whew. Yeah. Do you think, does it redeem her completely? Uh, no. I mean, she's still definitely an asshole. Yeah. Uh, some, some of that is, like, by choice, clearly. Uh, yeah, agreed. Because uh, Tom, uh, as Walt Disney... Um, later on does say that like she showed up determined to have Walt disappoint her mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, and she just had that attitude of like, I'm going to find a way to be unhappy with this. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Tom Hanks is playing Walt Disney. I don't know if we said yeah. that. Yeah, we should probably... Conspiracy closet. Luke, I have thrown a fucking goofy mask over your head and pulled you into a small closet full of Disney merchandise. Mm. Between us is just a glow stick with Mickey's face on it, just gently lighting the room. And you have now entered the conspiracy closet. Damn, a mid a midstream, mid-episode conspiracy closet. That's a rarity around these parts. Yeah, and Luke, this is going to be real quick. This is a lightning round conspiracy closet. Okay, well hit me with it. Tom Hanks is Walt Disney. Okay, <laughs> plain and simple. <laughs> yep, he's extremely wealthy. Uh, he owns the Disney Company, which owns a truly distressing amount of the sort of media environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and he's making money hand over fist. Do we know what he's using that money for? We do not, but I assume he has some plans for it. Mm, yeah, I mean, the Mrs. Travers does refer to the theme park as a dollar printing machine at one and point, and boy, that is very oh boy, true. Yeah, she is not wrong. Mm-mm. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's America's dad, Tom Hanks, uh, who is, in reality... Walt Disney faked his own death, continued his life as Tom <laughs> Hanks. Uh, yeah, plain and simple. And uh, I've pushed you out of the closet. Nice, man. That was an eye-opening little uh, conspiracy closet, I have to say. Yeah. So, uh, okay, okay. We spend a lot of time with Emma Thompson playing this this uh, just uh, unpleasant character mm-hmm. how did you feel when you first saw tom hmm it, honestly kind of excited to see tom hanks right i felt fucking relieved mm-hmm. i mean it could have just been the change of venue like now we're looking at somebody else other than emma thompson pretending mm-hmm. to be this major great asshole um, yeah but i was genuinely very excited and happy to see our boy tom I, I won't lie, I realized that up until that point I had been tensed up watching the movie, <laughs> and a Tom came on screen as Walt Disney, who he is in real life, Yeah, and uh, and I just relaxed, like, mm. like reflexively. Mm. I, I think he's a comforting presence to me now. Yeah, is he like a, like a safety blanket for you? Whenever you see him, you, you just feel extremely comfortable? Uh, yeah, because I know he's always going to be nice. Mm, yes. Hey, that's a good point. We've never seen a mean Tom Hanks. We've almost never seen a mean Hanks. Mm-mm. He's always a nice fella. Yeah, even when he's attempting to murder old ladies and lady killers, he's still yeah kind of a nice guy. Sort of. <laughs> I mean, um, in his outward appearance, uh, again, still trying to murder an old lady. Oh, yeah, 100%. But mm-hmm so yeah um and then i he, here's the other thing luke we've been doing this so long do you do you find yourself thinking when you see a famous person in these movies colin farrell everyone <laughs> yes in my head 
or out loud, I will actively say that. So when Paul Giamatti showed up, I legit said to myself, Paul Giamatti, everyone. I'm so fucking glad because I did say, BJ Novak, everyone. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Give Jason him a round Schwartzman. Of applause. Jason Schwartzman, everybody. <laughs> oh, it's ruined my life. Yeah, that and just, I mean, we, we aren't watching these and seeing Tom Hanks anymore. Like portraying, or rather the inverse. We're just seeing Tom Hanks. We're not seeing an actor portraying a role. We are, we're just seeing Tom. Yeah. Yeah, we really are. It's just, it's just Tom, Mm -hmm. you know? He's just, god damn it. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so do do you have any other thoughts about the film? I realize I interrupted you. Mm, Um, Yeah. Well, I do, Um, and you've sort of hinted at this, Sam, but I have a question for you, and it's of the utmost importance. Okay. And that is, is this movie propaganda? I mean, uh, see, that's a harder question, because if you had asked me if it was auto-fellatio, that is (laughs) a resounding yes. Yeah. This I is guess, Disney making a movie about Walt Disney making a Disney movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, Jesus. It's a total Ouroboros, but now, you know, the snake eating its own tail. But what I really want to know from you, sir, is, is this Disney propaganda sort yes. of? Yes. Sh- yeah. Yeah. I think categorically, yeah. yes. Yeah, it is. It does paper over some of Walt's um, less savory Mm-hmm. Sort of uh, habits, mm-hmm. um, and does present him as just a good sort of humble, down home Missouri boy mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> with who, a drawn of a mouse, with a drawn of a mouse who had to deliver papers in the snow and may have passed out on his bicycle and fallen into a snowdrift and lost feeling in his feet. Because uh, his papa wouldn't give him any shoes, mm-hmm. uh, and he did it twice a day, but he still loves his papa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, this is propaganda, 100%. <laughs> okay, I'm glad we're on the same page, because, man, it really does paint this rosy-tinted picture of Disney as a corporation, like mm-hmm. Disneyland. We take a trip to Disneyland, or world, I forget which one. Land. Disneyland, thank you. Um, and it's just, it's kind of a giant advertisement for Disneyland. Everyone there is happy. There's a shitload mm-hmm. of rides. Uh, everyone's eating some nice snacks. It is, it's, oh, yeah. it's very Orwellian, I did note. Even though I enjoyed this movie, uh, I did feel a little bit like Big Brother was trying to tam something down my throat. Oh yeah, and and that the the people who work on Disney movies are you know mostly good natured people who you know are happy working mm-hmm. with this cantankerous woman, mm-hmm. uh, and and don't say anything sexist ever. No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what? The closest we get to something that portrays or portrays Disney. Um, in a negative light is there's a brief moment where it is implied that Walt Disney was smoking and he stubs it yes. out. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So there are two, there's that. And then there's the fact that he has, when people asked him for autographs, 
He just mm-hmm. had like business cards that he gave people. Yeah. That, that he ostensibly had pre-signed. Yes, and she comments on it. She's like, pre-signed? Really? And and that is all that is ever said of it ever again. No one ever passes judgment on it. Mm-mm. No. In, in fact, the people who receive it are uh, fucking head over heels about it. Yes. They're still overjoyed that Walt Disney handed them a card that he signed instead of the object that they wanted him to sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too bad if you wanted to get this Mickey Mouse head uh mickey mouse hat signed uh by mr walt disney himself just this down home boy from missouri who carries all his own pre-signed business cards people you know like a humble missouri boy does (laughs) um here's the other thing that you know thinking about it a little bit more uh luke we see that a, a mean, unpleasant person can be transformed through the power of Disney's music, and it fucking worked on us, Luke, because that <laughs> one song, that one Disney fucking song, mm-hmm. turned us around on it a hundred percent. Yes, it did. I don't know how to feel about this, man. I feel like I've taken drugs and I've liked them. Like, yeah, yeah, they they got me hook, line, and fucking sinker. Mm-hmm. You, you and I are a pair of fucking morons that got <laughs> fucking hoodwinked by the Disney Corporation. Yeah, and hoodwinked by this sad ass childhood plot in Australia where, you know, yes. they try to sh- they just shove the redemption arc down our throats the entire oh, time. Yeah. And it fucking worked cuz I'm watching Colin Farrell die of alcoholism or tuberculosis something. or whatever, something. And I'm like near tears, Sam. Even though oh, I started yeah. out hating this movie, and I know full well yeah. that it is propaganda for the Disney Corp. But it still gets you tugs at those heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Um, so, so I have a question. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the movie, I started it, and then you know how there's the rating information that pops up in the top corner? Mm-hmm. Okay, in that, it's PG-13, and one of the reasons was... An unsettling image. Hmm. And Luke, I was on the fucking lookout for an unsettling image throughout this film, and I never got it. Yeah, I don't know what that would be. I I really don't know. I don't know if it's if it's uh the room full of creepy toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's uh Emma <laughs> child Emma Thompson's mom walking into a shallow lake in mm-hmm. Australia to kill herself. Yeah. Uh I don't know if it's dead Colin Farrell. But yeah. something in this movie was unsettling and I don't know what it was. It's probably dead Colin Farrell, but I love the idea that the raider who was watching this movie saw that room full of Disney merchandise. And it was like, (laughs) Jesus. That's PG-13 right there. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, Nice. So, so, uh, what what did you think of Tom as Walt Disney? The man sells it. I don't know what contract or what, what what hold they have on Tom. To have him commit to this role so explicitly, other than the fact that he is, in fact, Walt Disney. Right, I think yeah. that's the only explanation that makes any sense, because the man is committed 
to this portrayal of Senor Walt Disney. Um, yeah. I, you know what? God damn it, I liked it. Yeah, I it was, liked it. It was great. It made me complete, completely forget about how Walt Disney really tried to do everything he could to crack down on communism and mm-hmm. uh, did did say the N-word a few times and didn't really hire black people and also didn't really hire women and thought that women couldn't be creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it made me forget about all those things and how he was a big part of the Motion Picture Association, which was notoriously anti-Semitic. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it made me forget about all that and I really liked him and his one suit. <laughs> Holy shit. You're totally right. He wears he's like a cartoon character. He wears the yeah. same suit and the same mustache with no change. The whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's just one suit. Yeah. He, in this single suit, he uh goes to his job, he goes to London, and he goes to the premiere of a movie that he's been working on for 20 fucking years. Mhm. Yeah. This suit. You know that suit smells like fucking ass. Mm. <laughs> That's why he smokes. It's not because <laughs> to, he's addicted. It's just to, to cover, cover the, the stench. Yeah. yeah. Just to smell like something else. <laughs> Sam, this is like Sam Walton's truck. You know how Sam Walton had the same truck his <laughs> yes. whole life? Walt Disney yeah. famously had one suit, one three-piece suit uh, that he only wore two pieces of uh, for yep. his entire life. There you go. That was it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my god. Um I so so I I was struck by the fact that um uh Mrs. Travers talks about how Mary Poppins is uh not serious or mm-hmm. is not whimsical and is serious and exposes uh you know the kids to the 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 true, you know, nature of the world. Yeah, the true horrors of life. Yeah, for sure. And, Luke, I mean, who doesn't remember that iconic scene in Mary Poppins when she explains the horrors of the Holocaust <laughs> to the children? In detail. You know, it's a 30-minute scene. Dick Van Dyke is weeping yeah. in a corner, <laughs> still covered in soot, but just tears blasting down his face. Yeah, yeah. It just, it really gets to him. There's a there's a real sort of funeral dirge song that they sing afterward Mm -hmm. um but boy does it really pull that movie together (laughs) yep it ties the whole thing together yeah it's amazing that they left that in when you think about it (laughs) i mean they go from that to straight into flying a kite i mean it's kind of incredible it's a it's a real sort of neck breaking change of pace Mm -hmm. um yeah dude I remember that. Hey, I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Well, it's it's sort of a two-parter. So if yeah. you'll if you'll bear with me. So okay. in the movie, Mrs. Travers is very upset. Well, one, she hates animation. So when they imply that the penguins that Dick Van Dyke is gonna be dancing with are gonna mm-hmm. be animated, she's she's you know, pitching a fit over that. Right. So I got yeah. two questions for you, Sam. The first one is what could you do other than animate the penguins? Well, you're not going to like the answer. Mm, I might. I might like uh, it. All right. Well, step one, you kill a bunch of penguins. Okay. We're on the same page. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> you make a bunch of dead penguin puppets. Yes. And you make them dance. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. We're on the same page then. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Because because yeah. you can't you can't train penguins to dance, Luke. No, that's I think, absurd. I think dead penguin marionettes the only way to go that would make <laughs> yeah. her, which you know, classic English uh, height of empire sort of thinking. Uh, you know, animated. No, but murdering a whole bunch of penguins. Yeah, yeah that seems a, fine for a kids movie. Sure. Sure. Uh. <laughs> that's just science. Um. Well. The second part to this question, Sam, is what do you think penguins are filled with? Ooh, that's that's a really good question. Yeah, so you cut open a penguin, much like you cut open a zebra, and uh, right. they're full of je- jelly jam, as we have established. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut open a penguin, what is it full of? Mm-hmm. I think it's vanilla pastry cream. Ooh, that would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What's your theory? I think penguins are nature's pinatas. I think if you just string them up. loose and candy, huh? Just loose, loose wrapped candy. I think if you strung them up and then beat them a whole oh. bunch, that's what you'd get <laughs> is loose candy. Please don't sue us, PETA. Please don't <laughs> sue us. You sure you wouldn't? I mean, do you think that that's the case for like donkeys too? And that's hmm. why we have pinatas? Is yeah. To- to recreate the utter realism of breaking open a donkey and having a bunch of wrapped candies <laughs> fall out. Yeah, I think through some evolutionary fluke, uh, you know, they're they're very different, uh-huh. sort of the uh, phylogeny of these two creatures. But I think you know, through a fluke of nature, they both did retain the genes for loose candy. What if we've gone around evolutionary biology in the entirely wrong way, and it's not how the animals look on the outside, but what foods fill them? Mm, yes. I mean, there's just no way to know, Sam. I mean, I haven't cut open a donkey recently to find a lot of Tootsie Rolls and, yeah. uh, you know, loose Starburst, etc. Excuse me, branded wrapped candies. Yeah, and, and as we all know, evolutionary biology is not an exact science. It's Mm-mm. really an art form. <laughs> Uh, the jury's yeah. the jury's way out on evolutionary biology. Yeah, for sure. As famously stated by George Bush, uh, yes. the jury's yeah. still out on science. Yeah. Oh no no no! Uh, to be clear, evolution does exist. Yeah. Uh, but evolutionary biology, bunch of guesswork. Yeah. <laughs> you see that that classic portrayal of uh, chimp to man. That you yeah. see, um, what what they're really not asking there is what are people and their ancestors filled with exactly. if you were to slice them open. Yeah. And and now, Luke, I have a question for you. Okay, hit me. Which animal seems like it's most likely full of cheese? See, this is difficult because my backup answer for penguins was fondue. Was that if you oh. sliced open a penguin, they'd just be full of fondue either chocolate or cheese so yeah i have a quibble with that Mm -hmm. fondue is an inherently warm liquid Mm -hmm. and penguins live typically in a cold environment yeah oh you're saying the fondue warms them and keeps them from freezing to death yeah exactly it's perfectly sensible yeah i see Mm -hmm. okay now that's interesting hmm yeah I think you may be right. I think I think some penguins are full of fondue. <laughs> and Which others, makes it 
It makes it very uncomfortable for your six-year-old's birthday party when you string up the penguin and you're either about to get blasted by fondue like you're at SeaWorld or... Or candy or pastry cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just never know with penguins. Yeah. That's really what we're saying about penguins right now. That's why there's so many different species of penguins. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> they're all filled with different stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's evolutionary science, people. That's the yeah. real art form right there. There it is. Um, Luke, so I have a theory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the movie, uh, Colin Farrell is portrayed as, you know, coughing up blood, and we're maybe led to believe that that's tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that it is. Okay. Well, what do you think it is? I think it's his period. <laughs> what you know Colin Farrell's mouth period we all know about it <laughs> I guess yeah you I know, guess so Colin Farrell's Australian fatal mouth period yeah um, nice of you, you just... to chuck this brick into our conversation <laughs> <laughs> yeah it really landed with a thud I'm gonna move on <laughs> To another fact about Australia that I really like, um, and it was uh, when they're on the train, and uh, it lists all the like uh, stops. Mm-hmm. Two really jumped out at me, and it was Gimpy and Vandina. And God damn it, do they know how to name things in Australia? Uh, they really, really fucking do. I gotta tell you, I'm envious. Anytime I see any kind of public transit like signage mm-hmm. or you know guides for australian cities i'm just incredibly envious i mean it's all a plus names the whole way around so to our australian listeners good job yeah good i think they say good on you yeah good on you uh, mate uh because i gotta tell you i'm gonna be sad every day now that i can't say i live in gimpy <laughs> or i'm taking the train to gimpy I'm going to yeah. go make a quick stop over in Gimpy, maybe hit the 7-Eleven. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I got to head over to Vandina. Mm-hmm. Get me some sausages. Yeah. It is a uh, real crying shame. Uh, well, fuck. Um, you got any other thoughts? Honestly, no. I think we've we've sort of hashed out uh, pretty much all there is for this Disney flick, unless you've got some other thoughts, Sam. No, not really. I mean, there's the mysterious Roy Disney and the fact that uh, that Emma Thompson does disparage the Postal Service, which I will not stand for. Mm-mm. But otherwise, yeah. eh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I've, I've chucked enough bricks into this episode. <laughs> uh, well, Luke, I have made a fuckload of money. Yeah. Um, off uh, spending 20 years asking a writer to make a movie and then making a movie about the making of that movie by the person who founded the company that made the movie. Sure, yeah, convoluted, uh, but that is exactly what we watched. Yeah, so would you come with me to the Hanks Bank so I can uh, cash all these checks? Hell yeah, dude, let's go. Let's go. Now, Luke, uh, this movie was pretty good, but mm-hmm. I think we could make it better. God damn it. <laughs> Got some cat uh, action over there? Yeah, fucking WrestleMania. 
uh, with the cats here. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I can keep everyone updated on it if anyone's ever interested. But, Luke, we can make this movie better, and that's by making this movie a porno. You know, <laughs> a lot of people would say it's not doable or it's not worth doing. And to those people, I say nay. I say yeah. this is the Lord's work here by converting Saving Mr. Banks, a Disney self-suck, into a genuine self-suck. Yes. And Luke, here's the plot. Just, here's what the movie is. Mm-hmm. It's making a Chuck Tingle novel into a porno. Oh my god, yes. Holy shit, Sam. Boom. Who is the yeah. modern, the modern, irascible, hard-to-find writer... Who's not going to be willing yeah. to sell over their rights if it isn't fucking Chuck Tingle, Sam? Yeah, and it is—it's Mr. Pornhub spending twenty years <laughs> trying to get Chuck Tingle to lend him the rights to one of Chuck Tingle's best books, probably yeah. something about dinosaurs and anal sex. Yeah. Uh, and and letting them make the movie about it, and and they finally get Chuck Tingle out there. He meets Ed. Pornhub, I guess. Yeah, Edward. Everyone knows Edward Pornhub. Yeah, Mr. Sure. Pornhub himself, and uh, and and it's just a chronicle of them making the movie, and it mm-hmm. is only available on Pornhub. I love this. I also love the idea of they're in the writers' room, like like we are in uh, in Saving Mr. Banks, except it's uh-huh. people like in dinosaur costumes just going to town yes. on each other. Yeah, and they're like, eh. And Mr. Tingle's like, no, 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 no. This it's isn't all my. Wrong. <laughs> this isn't my vision at all, guys. Yeah, and then and then they're like, we think we're gonna do it in VR, and he says, no, <laughs> no VR. <laughs> I I said, absolutely no VR. That is not part of my vision. Uh, and I think I think there's still musical numbers. Oh yeah, oh yeah. for sure. If you're gonna turn a Chuck Tingle novel into an actual porno sam you have to have people singing yeah uh i mean what else do you see with this hmm so i'm loving the vr angle but i think the vr comes into play for a really really big scene so like a huge Mm -hmm. dance number with like 50 dudes some of which are in dinosaur costumes some are dressed like airplanes Uh uh-huh um because it is a chuck tingle novel right and uh i think our main character is gonna have to hove his way just just sucking and fucking through Ooh. all of these different men. And the only way we can adequately convey this orgiastic experience of metal on scale on human flesh is uh-huh. through VR. And I think that's going to be the major contention is trying right. to get him on board with the VR. And maybe they shoot it and they show it to him. Maybe that's no, no, I take it back. That's the premiere at like the AVN or something. Is, right, uh, yeah. He's sitting there weeping with the, the <laughs> Oculus Rift, the branded headset, um, stuck to his face, just weeping because well, of the beauty of what he's seeing. If I may, Luke, I think he's weeping from two locations. <laughs> <laughs> Fluids are being produced, for sure. Yes. Uh, yeah. Everybody, with everybody in the audience, this is a... Yeah. You know, Everyone is fully erect and, and just dribbling mm. uh, whatever <laughs> they dribble. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a huge hit. There are laughs. There, uh, I mean, 
uh, there are cheers, there are um, uh, uh, masturbations. Uh, it's got it all. <laughs> it's uh, got everything, folks. It's got cheers. It's got laughs. It's got masturbating. What more could you yeah, want out of this film? Precisely. Um, I, I mean, like, the only thing is is the title and, and Luke. Mm-hmm. I think it's Saving Mr. Spanks. Ooh, that's powerful. Yeah. That's got I, some real power behind it. But, because I, I, I think the, the Chuck Tingle novel is about a Mr. Spanks mm. who loves to spank dinosaurs. Yes. And fuck airplanes in the ass or something. Yes. Oh, 100%. Right up the tailpipe, Mr. Spanks. Yeah. Mr. Spanks, I think, is probably a series. So Oh, almost certainly. Just be- like Mary Poppins was a series. Yeah, a beloved series. Uh mm-hmm. you know, just really treasured by a lot of people. Um, yeah. which is why it was so critical that they make Saving Mr. Spanks into a major porn feature film. Uh precisely. Blowing millions of dollars on this budget. Uh mostly for the airplane CGI, but you know what? If you're gonna do this thing right, you're gonna have to spend a little. You have to break some eggs to make that that porny yeah. omelet. You know, Luke, you gotta spend a little to make people jizz a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'd love it. Yeah, and and my my concept of the movie. Mm-hmm. So we've got the the porno, sure. Um, uh, Chuck Tingle presents whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. Um, and then we've got saving Mr. Spanks, and I think at the end of the movie, uh, we zoom out maybe, mm-hmm. and we see that it's Ed, uh, Pornhub sucking himself off, mm. and and remembering so that we get the full sort of em- embrace of the fact that this movie is a self suck. Sure, 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 sure. I mean, we have to reinforce that. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, it just isn't the same as the source material. You know, we really want that as an homage, right? right. And that's Precise. really what we're getting out of this own man's this man sucking his own penis. Yes. Is uh, the homage to the original source material. I think that's that's heartwarming, Sam. Yeah, and, and I think I think the moment really lands if uh the music drops out entirely and there's no <laughs> additional sound. It is just Ed Pornhub go into town on himself yeah uh with his own mouth for 45 seconds Mm, just nothing but those natural noises fuck it if we're gonna do 45 seconds we might as well do three minutes sam i don't know that ed pornhub can do three minutes (laughs) but he'll have to train yeah he'll do his own stunts on this one so to speak (laughs) and then and then i think it just boom goes to black credits roll Yes, yes, yes. What a powerful ending to a powerful movie. That's going to resonate with audiences uh, through every part of their body oh, for yeah. an eternity. It's a it's a real art house flick. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that's how you make it better. Yeah, I think we've sufficiently made it a porno uh, and a very, like, like a damn good one, sir. This may yeah. be our best porno to date. It might be, and Luke, I didn't, I didn't say anything about fountains, or <laughs> ejaculate. I I got out of my nut rut. 
Yeah, you avoided a nut rut, which is great. You have been sort of in a creative a creative slump lately. Yeah, um, I I needed Chuck Tingle to get me out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's really the message behind bringing this to film anyway, is to believe in yourself, to believe in your potential to achieve. And uh, we're going to do it through a similarly self-sucked kind of movie. Yeah. Uh, self-promoting. Definitely a little bit of a propagandist film by Ed Pornhub. Yeah. But uh, that's what it yeah. takes, Sam. Because it is going to pepper uh, paper over the very unsavory aspects of Pornhub itself. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's just going to be a, a fun theme park mm-hmm. uh, of sorts <laughs> on the internet. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I... I think we've done fixed it. We've made uh, a, a great porno, and uh, and Luke, I understand you may have had something for me. Yeah, Sam. I think it's time. I think it's time to return to a classic bit, Sam. It's Hank, your money maker. Are ah, you ready yes. for a Hank, your money maker? I I mean, statistically, no. I almost <laughs> never am. <laughs> this one I feel like is going to be real tricky, so I'm going to warn you up front. Uh, oh, good. But for those who are maybe new with us or have forgotten, Hank, your moneymaker is the segment where I pitch three different business ventures to Sam by uh, various actors related to the film. And then Sam has to find out which one is correct and true and which of the two are utter falsehoods. So, Sam, this week we have Hank, your moneymaker advertisement edition. Oh, shit. Yeah, bud. Strap the fuck in. Fuck. So I've got three different commercials that were shot by three different actors, including Tom Hanks, in this film. And I need you to tell me which of these is a real commercial. And then, uh, you know, obviously which two are not. So are you ready, Sam? I mean, there's no fucking way, but sure, go. Here we go. So to kick it off, in 2020, Paul Giamatti shot a commercial for Volkswagen starring the Atlas Crossport and featuring a potentially drug-addled Kieran Culkin. On their way to Vegas. The loose format of the commercial implies Giamatti is Culkin's accountant, but doesn't make much sense beyond that. So that's number one. Okay. In 2003, Emma Thompson created a commercial for Hobnob's Biscuits, in which she extolled the virtues of its fiber content alongside its taste. The advert features Thompson sipping tea and eating large amounts of Hobnob's straight from the packet. What the fuck? All right. And number three, in 2018, Tom Hanks created a commercial for The New Yorker, in which he walks through the streets of New York, interacting with different people and places, while article headlines whiz around his head. The heartwarming commercial was a critical success for advertising firms Schwartz, Peterman, and Block. Fuck. Would you like those? One more time in summation, my friend. Please. Okay, so we have the Paul Giamatti Volkswagen commercial starring Kieran Culkin alongside him. Uh, and that was 2020. We've got the 2003 Emma Thompson Hobnobs Biscuits commercial. Curiously, not featuring the Hobnobs chocolate biscuits, just the basic Hobnobs biscuit, uh, of which she did eat many. And in 2018, Tom Hanks creating a commercial for The New Yorker, where he walks around New York and headlines whiz around his head. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm, I, yeah. I'm saying that one's real. I think... The Tom Hanks New Yorker one sounds like the only one that could possibly be real. Because <laughs> the other is Emma Thompson horking down shit biscuits. Yeah. Uh, and the other is Paul Giamatti going to Las Vegas in a Volkswagen with a drug-addled Kieran Culkin. <laughs> and both of those sound so fucked up. Yeah. 
Okay. <sighs> so your final answer is Tom Hanks in The New Yorker? No, that one's real. Wait, am I picking the real one? You're picking the real one. Oh. Oh, I thought I was picking the fake one. No, no. I just need you to find the real one amongst these three. And it sounds like you've got a pretty hard uh, lean towards one of these. Yeah, again, the other options are Paul Giamatti possibly kidnapping a drug-addled <laughs> Kieran Culkin and taking him to Las Vegas to do what I can only imagine are depraved things. Yeah. Uh, or Emma Thompson eating so many fiber biscuits that she's going to be in the hospital for dehydration from the fucking diarrhea that she's going to have yeah okay so final answer tom hanks tom hanks yeah okay well sir fuck you because that is not the correct one son of a bitch no 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 i luke luke no i refuse to believe it yeah absolutely not i do not accept this We've never done this before. Out of the other two, which do you now think is correct? Fuck. There's no way. There's no way. I ref- I there's Luke. <laughs> Luke. <laughs> Luke, the, it's it's either Emma Thompson eating a dangerous amount of fiber or Paul Giamatti I, being the accountant for a drugged up Culkin. I uh, I guess yep. the I guess the shit biscuits. Give me the shit biscuits for a thousand. You're wrong again. It's Paul Giamatti. What the fuck? In the Volkswagen. <laughs> no. Actually, uh, here's a first. I refuse. Yeah. You're wrong, Luke. I was right. It's Tom Hanks for the New Yorker. That is what I f- firmly believe. I will accept no other reality. Yeah. As I was writing this to, to corroborate your story here... That one does seem like the better commercial, but Sam, I've witnessed it with my own eyes. I have seen this Volkswagen commercial. It's a two-parter featuring what? Paul Giamatti and Kieran Culkin, and it is for the Atlas Cross Sport. So I don't know what to tell you, my friend. It is. It exists. It's on YouTube. Uh, I'm looking this up right now. Yeah, you should. Hearing that clicky-clacky, Sam's going oh, for yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Oh my god, I <laughs> Sam's experiencing a severe amount of inner turmoil I can see on our screen here. Sam what is the... now consuming what the, the commercial. Fuck? This is good audio. <laughs> Why? Yeah, this is now a reaction video to Sam realizing <laughs> yeah, the truth. Why, why does this exist? <laughs> Someone bought a tiger? What? Yeah, so the star of Billions, uh, yeah, did a Volkswagen commercial with, of all people, Kieran Culkin, for those at home. Oh, my God. What does this have to do with Volkswagen. It's unclear. They shoehorned it in at the very end uh, with some comments about the spaciousness of the Atlas Cross Sport and its available what? features. What the fuck? <laughs> this fucking company of sausage-eating Germans? Yeah, man. I don't I, have to I'm tell on, you. I'm on part two now, okay? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Consume it. Consume the yeah. whole thing. I, it, uh, I, 
who's the menacing man behind Kieran Culkin? It's unclear. What? Yeah, there's what? a large man sort of uh, imposing his own personality oh. upon the space. Wait, now this one feels like a car commercial. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they're both car commercials, Sam. Yeah, but the other one wasn't, is the thing. <laughs> this one is, okay? This one is is a car commercial because it's Paul Giamatti saying, is this a Volkswagen? And Kieran Culkin saying, yeah, it's the Pro Sport. So, uh, or Cross Sport, my mistake. I don't give a shit. They don't pay me money. Yeah. Uh, so, that's mm-hmm. a... So, I I will quibble with one thing. Yeah. You said that Kieran Culkin was drug-addled, and Luke, he decidedly is not. Well, they pitch him as, like, a rock star or something. Like, he has an accountant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Implying he's, that he's he's doing some kind of dangerous behavior that, that Paul Giamatti is very concerned about. I think it was buying a fucking tiger. Which does in no way <laughs> implies drug use to you. That, no, uh, I think that's just like a Saturday for Kieran Culkin. Okay, all right. Well, that's fair. Hey, the rest of the meat, you know, on these bones, though, does stack up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much. Uh, and, and on that note, I just want to say, uh, you know, the Volkswagen Atlas does seem like a really great vehicle. <laughs> Um, the styling on it is impressive. The size of it also pretty good. Um, and, uh, and you know, I'm, I haven't looked at it, but I'm sure the crash test safety ratings are stellar. Cause if you can do anything with Volkswagen, it's completely trust that they have done everything right without lying to anyone. (laughs) Yeah. Especially on the emissions front. Yeah. Definitely uh, nothing to quibble about there. Yeah, Volkswagen, a company even the EPA can trust. Mm-hmm. Well, Luke, yeah. on that note, uh, let's talk about next week. Okay. Uh, where we will be watching 2015's Bridge of Spies. Mm, jumping a couple gears into the future here. We are, we are. So have you seen Bridge of Spies? I have not seen Bridge of Spies. Have you, sir? Well, I've got a pretty interesting story about Bridge of Spies. Mm-hmm. Uh, years ago when it was in theaters, uh, I had to bring my car in uh, just for, you know, kind of regular maintenance. And I thought it might take a minute. Uh, so I brought it to the dealership, which is near a movie theater. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I decided, hey, let's go. We'll take in a movie and then come back and uh, and and pick up the car and go home. So we drop the car off, we go to the movie theater, we buy tickets for Tom Hanks's Bridge of Spies. Mm. We go into the theater, and uh, we get there pretty early, so we're sitting there for a while, and then uh, a bus full of old folks' home residents come in mm-hmm. and essentially fill the movie theater. And then, like, during the, uh, the uh, trailers... Uh, before the movie, I get a text that my car is ready. Mm. And I turned to my wife uh, and said, hey, the car's ready. Do you just want to go? And she said, <laughs> yes. And so I walked out before seeing even the opening credits of Bridge of Spies, the Damn. only movie I have ever paid for and yet never watched. 
Holy shit, Sam, you supported the local economy by buying a ticket and then didn't even gain the proceeds. Nope. I just went home. So, uh, having said that, what do you think Bridge of Spies is about? So, this is bolstering what I think it's about, given the fact that a truckload of uh, the elderly decided to come see it with you. Because, Mm -hmm. Sam, I've been reading a lot of Hercule Poirot novels. Ooh, okay. Uh, So I'm thinking that bridge in this title refers to bridge the card game and that this is an in-depth Belgian study of both bridge (laughs) as a concept and then trying to find a spy through playing bridge and possibly at a tournament. And Tom Hanks is either the spy or trying to find the spy and hide this fact by playing bridge, which Mm. I think would appeal to a certain demographic, both the Hercule Poirot sort of inspiration and the fact that it's a movie about bridge. Right. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's an old folks home movie if I've ever heard one. Yeah, but what do you think it's about, given that you, you never actually consumed this movie that you paid for? So I think Bridge of Spies is about the uh, heretofore classified um, operation conducted by the CIA during the Cold War mm-hmm. in which they tried to build a functioning bridge out of dead KGB spots. <laughs> this was my backup, so we're on the same page. <laughs> uh, and and it's just, you know, you would think that it would be sort of this, like, Cronenbergian kind of body horror kind of shit, but no, actually, it's a really dry mm. sort of engineering flick. Yeah, almost a Nova episode, if you yeah, will. Yeah, how to, how to get a functioning... Uh, you know, usable piece of infrastructure out of multiple dead KGB agents. Mm-hmm. God, you love to see it. You really do. Yeah. So, uh, I'm really hoping it's one of these. Actually, no. No, I don't. I really hope it's <laughs> neither of these. God, I'd be so fucking bored. Yeah. Boredom uh, is potentially in the cards, uh, if you'll pardon the pun, for next week. <laughs> God damn you. Uh, Well, you know, we'll just have to wait to find out. But until then, folks, you can find us on Facebook uh, at Hanksy Panksy Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Hanksy Panksy Pod. You can find us on Twitter at Hanksy Panksy. And you can send us an email at HanksyPanksyPod at gmail.com. We still have not received a single email about who saw Polar Express with Luke. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, we still, you know, would really love to get some opinions from you about uh, conspiracy theories with Tom Hanks. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's he been up to? What is he using all that Disney money for now that we've uncovered that he is actually Walt Disney? Uh, And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, oh, uh, please uh, share the podcast with a friend. Uh, It really helps us out. and, uh, And write a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, but in, until next week, Luke, do you have a uh, final quote for us? I do, and it is. Penguins have me very upset, Mr. Disney. God damn it. <laughs> Those fucking <laughs> pastry cream candy fondue filled penguins. God yep. damn it. Well, folks, thank you for listening to another episode of Hanksy Panksy. We'll be back next week with 2015's Bridge of Spies.